Okay, so as we come to the Word of God, please, would you stand with me? And I'm going to read to you, and then we're going to read together. 2 Kings chapter 4. There's a prophetic message that uh, Danny Guglielmucci gave here a few Sundays ago, which was very powerful. And I want to pick up on the prophetic word that he gave because I believe it's going to be a key to God working miracles in your life and working healing in your life and giving you breakthroughs. So 2 Kings is the story of the Shunammite woman and Elisha. So 2 Kings 4, 9 and 10, I'll read that to you. She said to her husband, look now, I know that this is a holy man of God who passes by us regularly. Please let us make a small upper room on the wall. So she's making a room for the prophet and let us put a bed for him there and a table, and a chair, and a lampstand, so it will be whenever he comes to us, he can turn in there. So with great generosity, she does something she doesn't have to do. She builds a room for the prophet of God. I want you to read with me now for verse 19 to 21 as it comes up on the screen. Okay, let's go. Let's read it together. And he said to his father, this is the son, my head, my head. So he said it to a servant, carry him to his mother. When he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees till noon and then died. Okay, so the, she's built this home with generosity, then her son dies. She needs a miracle. Watch what happens. Let's go to verse 34 and read that together. And he, Elisha, went up and lay on the child, put his mouth on his mouth, his eyes on his eyes, his hands on his hands, and he stretched himself on the child, and the flesh of the child became warm. He returned, walked back and forth in the house, and again went up and stretched himself on him. And then the child sneezed seven times, and the child opened his eyes. Holy Spirit, we welcome you right now. Lord, through this act of great generosity of this woman and the release of, of miracles and the opening of heaven over her life, that you will speak to each and every one of us by the power of your Spirit. In Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Grab a seat. I believe right now God is wanting to breathe life, new life, into our eyes, into our mouths, and into our hands. In fact, over the last six weeks, I've found God has been breathing new life into my eyes so that I can see more clearly His plan for my life. I can see more clearly uh, the Word of God and what it means and the understanding the ways of God. We get saved. God opens our eyes to be saved. But we can still be blind in areas. I'm still blind in areas, and I need God to open my eyes more to see as He wants me to see. And many Christians, not in this church, of course, but other churches are still blind in certain areas. For example, giving generously to God, tithing. Some people don't get it, can't see it. Why? Blinded. Serving with our gifts and abilities, with energy and passion. Some people, they say in most churches, 70% of people do not serve. Why? They don't see it. Their eyes have never been opened. And what about getting your family to church every Sunday, getting your kids into children's church so they're trained up in the ways of the Lord? Some people don't get it. Eyes need to be open. But then for some of us, our mouths need the healing touch of God. Anybody would own up to that one? Your mouth needs a touch of God? I'm the only one. This is a miracle church. Wow! I've got to put this on Facebook. There's only two people in my church who have a problem with their mouth that ever say anything wrong. You are perfect. James says, you are perfect. Tell the person next to you, you are perfect. This is amazing. Wow! Boy, what a church. What a job I've done here. A perfect church. The only one in the world. Everyone's perfect except for the pastor who needs his lips healed a whole lot more so that I speak life and not death. 
I speak positively and not criticize. So please, church, pray for me, the anointing you all carry, that I will come to the place of victory you have yourselves. That would be a great day. The main area I want to focus on, though, this morning is God breathing new life into our hands so that we fully serve God and connect with the resources of heaven. See, one of the challenges that we face in life is that through the disappointments, the hurt, the pain, the suffering, the criticism, the battle, the hardships, we slowly but surely begin to close up our hands. Often, sometimes we close them right up in an attempt to protect ourselves. So we stop reaching out to others. We stop loving others because we've got hurt. We stop serving God because somewhere alone we got hurt and we close our lives and our hands down. The problem is when you shut your hands down, you also shut heaven down. I want you to think about Jesus for a moment. Here he is on the cross. And I'm sure you'd agree with me. He's suffering unbelievable pain, suffering, betrayal, heartache, humiliation. And his hands are stretched out on the cross. But I'm telling you, friends, never once did he begin to close his hands. But he let the nails pierce his hands and he let the blood flow from his body. And he kept his hands open because he was thinking of you. He was thinking of Nessa. You know, he was thinking of Dennis. He was thinking of Salah. He was thinking of each and every one of you. Because should Jesus close his hands, there is no salvation for the world. There's no heaven for you. There's no miracle power of God. There's no answers to prayer. There's no breakthrough. Friends, there's nothing if Jesus, in his utmost agony and pain, closed his hands. But here's a lesson for us today, friends. Jesus never shut his hands. He never stopped reaching out. He never stopped loving. And he could say, at the end of his days, he could say, it is finished. And I'll tell you why he could say it. Because he never shut his hands. Friends, when you begin to shut your hands, the chances of you fulfilling destiny on your life is probably not going to happen. Because you've got to keep your hands open to keep serving and doing what God has called you to do so that when you stand before him, he'll say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of of the Lord. Psalm 145, verse 16. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. Isn't that amazing? Jesus opens his hands to everybody. A fun game that parents might play with their kids. You might have done it with your kids when they were younger. So you have a lolly or something in one of your two hands, and the kid has to pick which hands it is. You know, if they get the wrong hand, there's a chance that they may not get it. If you're good parents, you give it to them anyway. If you're not such a nice parent, you might say, ah, got the wrong hand, you get nothing. But God is different, friends. He's not tight-fisted. And both of his hands are full of the blessing of God. His palms are never empty. In fact, both palms are full, and it doesn't matter which palm you choose, both of them are going to release the blessing of God. He is so full of blessing for you, and his arms are always open to you, that he is ready to bless you every moment of every day, unconditional. You don't have to guess which hand is full. Both hands are full for the glory of God. I want you to think about how he opens his hands to you every day. How many of you are blessed with clothes? I'm thankful for that. Be scary if you weren't. How many of you have a shelter over your head at night? How many of you have a bed to sleep in? How many of you had breakfast this morning? He daily loads you with benefits. 
His hands are open to you 24-7. He is the most generous person on the planet. And His love is unconditional. He'll never close His hands to you. And the challenge of the Holy Spirit is that you never, ever close your hands to God or to others. My Bible says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, who daily loads us with benefits. How good is that? Every day, every day, His hands remain open to you. Psalm 84, 11, No good thing will He withhold from those who walk uprightly. His hands are permanently open. Now, this is Mission Month. Mission Month is all about open hands to serve God more than ever before, to give to God more than ever before. And I have a sense in my spirit that in the next four weeks, many people are going to encounter God in some way. And God is going to open up their hands like never, ever before. You're going to serve more generously than you've ever served before. You're going to give more generously than you've ever given before. Not because I'm going to ask you to, but because the Spirit of God is going to touch your hands. Hey, hold out your hands for a moment, will you? Just hold them out. And just, you know, just because some of us, our hands are actually closed or partly closed. Just open, prophetically open them up. It's like you're saying, God, I'm ready. God, I'm ready. Touch these hands. Come on, touch God. Touch my hands with your spirit, with your power, with your anointing. Open them wider than ever before. How many of you reckon you could be more generous in life than you are today? Yeah, all of us. All of us can go to another level of generosity. And I have the sense over this coming month, something is going to happen. I'm not just kidding you here. If you can invite someone to come over the next four weeks, I think they're going to see something wonderful take place in their lives. You know, small groups are a great place to serve. To open your hands, reach out and love to others. You might say, oh, I don't need a small group. Yeah, but a small group needs you. I don't need the hands of a small group, but, the hand, but a small group needs your hands to heal, to minister, to love. And as you pour in, I tell you, God is going to pour back into your life. Now, Joseph's another great example of a person who refused to close his hands of service despite extreme suffering. So his brothers betray him, throw him into this hole in the ground, leave him to die. Fortunately, he gets rescued. Then he ends up a slave in Egypt. And there he gets accused by Potiphar's wife and ends up in prison. Here's a guy, young guy, just wanting to serve God. And he goes from one level of suffering to another. I mean, prisons at those days were not like prisons today, as bad as ours are. Those were dungeons. Those were terrible places. And here he is suffering away enormously. Now watch what happens in Genesis 39, verse 2 to 3, because Joseph never even slightly begins to close his hands. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man. How, how come he was successful? Because he kept serving. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And the master saw that the Lord was with him. Think about this. Here's he in prison unjustly, and yet the master, the unbeliever, see that God's with him even in prison. That's what happens when your hands stay open, friends, you connect with heaven's resources, and the blessing of God continues to flow. And then uh, it goes on to say there that, and he made him overseer of his house, and all that he had he put under his authority. Verse 21 and 22. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Friends, are you getting this? 
Keep your hands open, keep serving, you get favor. God gives you favor with other people. The keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners. So his hands were open, so God puts into his hand the prisoners who were in the prison. Wherever they, whatever they did there, it was his doing. What an inspirational story of a young man who faces incredible hardship, suffering, and pain, but never closes his hands, even slightly, but keeps on serving. What happens? He interprets the dreams. The butler and the baker, supernatural of God, flows in his life. It's what happens when your hands stay open. You connect with the supernatural of God. As a result of that, he's promoted. And he ends up the prime minister of Egypt, his destiny. And multitudes are healed and set free. I want you to think for a moment. Imagine if Joseph, in the midst of his suffering, began to shut down. He's going to close his hands. Say, God, I'll love you. I'll do my bit, but I ain't going to do too much. Friends, I'm telling you, he would never have become Prime Minister of Egypt. He would never have fulfilled his destiny. This message can set you free because open hands is the key to fulfilling God's call upon your life and upon my life as well. You know what the other thing happened, friends? Joseph's open hands protected his heart from bitterness, unforgiveness, resentment, all those other ugly things that can easily get into our lives. They say who, those who row the boat don't rock the boat. So if you keep serving, then God keeps ministering into your life. And I think it's supernatural power that kept his heart right. And that power was released by his serving and connecting with the resources of heaven. Open hands, friends, is the key to the blessing of God. Let me give you another scripture that we all know. Give, open hands, and it shall be given unto you. Press down, shake it together, and close your hands. You stop the press down, shaken together, and running over. There's a lady in our church sent me an email recently, and she had decided she was no longer going overboard in serving God. Yeah, she'd still be a Christian, still come to church, still be a Sunday Christian, do all her thing, but she said she lost her fire. She lost it because of severe trials over an extended period of time. She said, I was torn on one side with guilt for not doing what God had called me to do, and on the other side, I was so upset I felt God had given up on me. You see the tension in her life. So she was in a service a few weeks ago, and she said, when you said, that's talking about me, hands were frozen due to hurt. That word was meant for me. She said, that morning, God was calling me back to his mercy seat. God's calling hundreds of people here back to the mercy seat. He wants to heal your hands, so you open them up, and once again, you serve God with passion and zeal, or maybe if you've never served him, he's going to stir you up to start serving him. She goes on, and she said, God wants me to break out of my hurt, and like Pastor Danny said, 
even if he never answers another prayer, I will still love and serve him. Friends, God wants unconditional open hands. You're not going to serve him, God. Well, if I serve you, it's because you're going to do A, B, and C for my life. God may not do A, B, and C, friends. But open hands mean you serve him regardless. With all your heart, for all of your days. And you connect with heaven's resources and enjoy the favor and the blessing of God upon your life. He wants to do this for everyone. For three categories of people that are here, some of you have never served. God wants to heal your hands, open them up so you start to serve. Some of you have served passionately, but you're just starting to close it down a little bit. It's not completely closed down. You can say, no, no, I still do this, this, and I still do that, but you know it's not what it was. Then there's a third group that you've been so hurt and all the stuff that's gone wrong, you've probably just shut down completely. I can't open your hands. I can preach and shout as loud as I can. That's not going to do it. But I know my God. This month is going to heal hands. In healing hands, he's going to heal hearts. He's going to set people free and restore you on your road to your destiny. You see, when you open your hands, you position yourself for God's favor and God's blessing. You know, I get to mix with high flyers, if you like. You know, one thing I've noticed, without exception, people that are greatly used by God, incredibly generous, generous-hearted, generous with their finances. Often, the, the, the serving they've done coming through the ranks is unbelievable. You know, what many of you don't know is when I started out, I used to teach Sunday school. I used to go to church in the city, and I'd teach out in Otara. Drive out there each morning, about 30 minutes drive each way, and I'd teach a Sunday school class, a children's church class of about six kids. Sometimes no one would turn up, zero. I'd actually then get in my car and go, I knew where they lived, I'd go knocking on the doors and say, is Johnny here? Can you bring him to his class? I want to teach him. And Sometimes I'd have two kids. I did that, drove there and back, and then went to church in between. I did that for years, friends. I'm not saying that to in any way boast. I think you know me better than that. But what I'm saying, if you want the hand of God, you want heaven to open more over your life, Open those hands. Serve wherever, anywhere, any place, any time. And let me add this. If you can add some sacrifice to your serving, it takes it to a whole new level. I feel something this morning. I just feel it in my spirit. This is a prophetic message for our church to shift us forward into what God has got for us as individuals and also as a church. Please do everything you can to be here over the next three or four weeks and invite someone to come because there's going to be, there's going to be transformation. That's the word I get, transformation of people's lives. Hurts are going to be healed. Unforgiveness is going to be released. Bitterness is going to go. And God is going to begin to to release people to serving, but also to release a greater heaven over their lives. Let me repeat the story of John D. Rockefeller because it explains it so well. He's a first billionaire. And every decision, every attitude, everything was tailored to create more and more wealth. Problems by age, age of 53, his body is wracked with pain. He's lost most of his hair. 
He can't eat. He can't sleep. Goes to the doctors. The doctor said, in one year, you are dead. Goes to bed one night and wakes up. He has a vague remembrance of something that said to him, you can't take your successes with you to the next life. So he founded the John D. Rockefeller Foundation, began to pour finances into hospitals and medical research that led to the discovery of cures for, for things like diphtheria and tuberculosis and these other different kinds of diseases. And the moment he opened his hands and began to give, his body began to heal. He was totally healed and lived to the age of 98. Meant to be dead at 54. Friends, open hands. I'm telling you. God's telling you. The Holy Spirit is telling you. It's a key to heaven's resources over your life. It's the, it's the internal health of the soul. And it's just so, so Important. Do you know the word serve or service is found in the Bible 1,416 times? 1416. This book is a book about serving. God's the greatest server of all. So when you begin to serve, joyfully, willingly, sacrificially, you connect with God's heart. And then God begins to pour into your life and His favor and His blessing. You connect with heaven in a greater way. We love that scripture, don't we, Mark 16? Lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Have you ever thought about We often think laying hands on someone who's sick. That's great, and that's, that's really what it's about. But, you know, our hands are powerful instruments of blessing. So, you know, you can, you can see someone coming to the church and they're crying and they're tearful, and so you wrap your arms around them and you use your hands to heal, to comfort, to strengthen you know, you might see someone in church and they just need someone to talk to and you take time, you open your heart, your hands to listen to them. You, in a sense, you heal them. Some people who serve in the, the kids' ministry, you know, some kids would come along. One of the kids may be upset, maybe from a, a single-parent home or something like that, no father, no mother, and, and so the, the children's church teacher puts them on their lap and puts an arm around them, open hands and and, and makes a massive difference in that kid's life for eternity. Open hands that touch and, and, and minister and, and heal. You know, we will never know the impact of our serving, but heaven one day will reveal it. Let me tell you the story of a children's church teacher who led a shoe clerk to give his life to Christ. That clerk happened to be D.L. Moody, who became a famous evangelist. Well, he had stirred the heart of F.B. Meyer, who then led to Christ a student, J. Wilbur Chapman. And Chapman employed a former basket, a baseball player by the name of Billy Sunday, that phenomenal evangelist. And later on, as a result of this, Billy Graham gave his life to Christ. All began with the faithful service of one children's church teacher. D.L. Moody gets saved. J. Wilbur Chapman, F.B. Meyer, Billy Sunday... And Billy Graham and millions of people across the globe find Jesus as Lord and Savior. One faithful children's church teacher. I feel the Spirit of God. 
speaking to a lot of people here this morning, pleading, pleading with you, open your hands. Not so much because God needs you, but so God can pour into your life and release his blessing on you like you've never experienced before. You remember the story, the feeding of the 5,000? It's a huge crowd, 5,000 men, probably 20,000 people altogether. And Jesus says to Philip, where can we buy bread to feed these people? Philip replies, it's going to take six months' wages to buy bread for this many. At that point, Andrew pipes up, <clears throat> and he says, hey, there's a little boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. I want you to think about this for a moment. So there's a little boy. I don't know how old he is. He's got his lunch. Five barley loaves, two fish. Little boy ain't going to share his lunch with anybody. You got a five-year-old, six, seven, eight-year-old. My lunch is mine. Someone wants to, can I have a sandwich? No. Can I have part of your biscuit? No. My lunch. Give it to no one. And yet, this little boy, at extreme sacrifice, all he's got is his lunch. As far as he knows, he's going to go hungry until he gets back home. And that's a big deal. So at great sacrifice, he hands the, the food over. But think about this. He had no idea that Jesus was going to do this unbelievable miracle and feed 20,000 people. If they, if they said to the boy, hey, boy, give us your lunch. Jesus is going to do a miracle. He's going to feed 20,000 people. The boy would have said, yeah, have it. He didn't know the impact of his hope and hands of sacrifice. Huge sacrifice. And guess what, friend? You don't know either. You don't know the incredible impact of your sacrificial serving and giving to God. It goes sometimes that, that, that boy is spoken about for all eternity. He's in eternal scripture. In 10,000 years from now, I guarantee we'll still be preaching about the little boy with his lunch who opened his hands and said, Jesus, I ain't got much, but what I've got, I give it to you. So will you give what you have got to Jesus? Oh, but I'm so hurt. I'm so bad. I'm so... No, 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 no. Will you give what you've got to Jesus? Because you have no idea. You have no idea the impact of what you do, no matter how small or how great it might be. I see, I see it like a river. You know, a river has a starting point, and it flows down this way and down that way, and around rocks and boulders, out into the ocean. It just flows and flows and flows. Literally to the ends of the earth. And you're serving, friends. It flows out. It goes from this place, and it goes somewhere else, and it goes somewhere. It just goes. It just keeps flowing like a river across the globe. You have no idea the impact of your serving Jesus in whichever way you might choose to do it. Again with a little boy, open hands released a great miracle. In Israel, nothing can live in the Dead Sea, which is a real mystery. Well, it was for a while. The Jordan River is full of life. Fish can live and it flows into the Dead Sea. But then the Dead Sea is dead. There's nothing in it. You ask the question, why? Well, because 
The Dead Sea receives life, pours and pours and pours and pours, and, but the Dead Sea has no open hands and does not give out. And so inside it's dead. You know some Christians, of course not at this church, other churches, they receive and they receive and they receive and they receive. They don't give out. But inside their lives, they're just slowly dying away. And they're saying, gosh, Christianity's not exciting. Man, church services aren't like they used to be. They say Jesus satisfied, but I, I don't find that. Why is that, church? If you're not giving out, if your hands are not open, Christianity does not work. You hear people say, man, man, that worship was fantastic. Man, I touched God in that worship. That, that message was a blinder. Unbelievable. But inside, nothing's happening. Because they're receiving it. They're blessed, exhilarated. They don't give out. Nothing changes inside. But slowly but surely, they die. You can use your hands for the greatest healing of all. Many of you took time, get a piece of paper, write down some names of people you wanted to be saved in that great message uh, from uh, Glenn Berteau. You wrote down these names. People, you might say, and I, th- I want to say thank you for using your hands to write down those names. You might say, no, it's no big deal. Wait, listen. Do you know there's a lot of people that didn't even bother to do that? So the fact that you did it, congratulations. It's using your hands in a very simple way to bring healing. There was a lady put down the name of her grandson, been away from the Lord for many, many years. She did it on the Saturday morning. Sunday morning, he comes to church, gives his life to Jesus Christ. I got another, I got another text from, a, from a, uh, a pastor who came to New Zealand beyond. He said his wife wrote down the name of an 18-year-old niece, lives in Canada, wrote down the name Saturday morning. That Saturday or the following Saturday, not sure which one it is, that 18-year-old niece goes to church and gives her life to Jesus Christ. I'm bringing it down to the most limited thing, just writing a few names down. If you've got more names to write down, please write them down, put the information desk, we'll add them to our, into the box, which we're going to be repeatedly praying over. If you know of some name that you wrote down or someone else who did and that person got saved or got to church or something, let us know so we can keep telling the people and get, encouraging them because that is the greatest mission of all. You know, another way we can use our hands for healing is to hand out invitations to come to a church service. I was at uh, Antonio's or whatever it's called there, the kebab shop, across the road last Sunday night, buying my evening meal because no one here would buy my dinner for me. There was no one here with open hands to say, here, pastor, here's your dinner for tonight. We love you, but here we go. So I had to go and buy my own dinner, all right? That's all right. I'm getting over that. I'm recovering from that, and I forgive you all. All right. Anyway, I'm there, and there's this lady, a couple of ladies there from the islands, Nui Islands. I got talking to one of them, and she says something that just impacted me. She said every Friday, she says she goes to Queen Street with these invitations like this, inviting people to church unlimited. What was more than that that really got me is she actually catches the bus to go in there on her own, Friday by Friday, using her hands to invite people to the greatest story ever told to hear about Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, friends, she has no idea what's going to be the result of something that she's doing like that. Why don't you invite people 
to church. Why don't you get on the phone or get some brochures? So I was, you know, that was just so inspiring. Just last week, I can't remember what day it was, I walked the streets. I thought, well, I'm going to get some of these brochures. I started handing them out and, 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 and in that sense, inviting people to come to a church. You know, if we all did that, friends, if we handed out 100,000 a week, boy, I tell you, this place would be full in every single service. Open your hands. And you might say, oh, I haven't really got time to do that. Well, it's sacrifice. It costs, doesn't it? It costs time. But you can do it. You can put one of these in a letterbox, you know? Put a, put a, a beanie on and a, something to disguise yourself if you have to. <laughs> you know, do whatever you have to, you know? Put a mask on, you know, a, a Lone Ranger mask or anything so no one knows who you are, you know? If you're brown, paint your face white. If you're white, paint your face brown. They won't know who you are. Just go and do it. Use your hands. Invite someone to Jesus. Invite someone. We got the greatest message in the world. This is worth screaming about. This is worth yelling about from every rooftop in the nation. Let's get out there and let's tell people about Jesus. He saves, he heals, he delivers. He's the greatest of all. Use your hands. Invite someone to bring them along. This is Mission Month. Another way you can open your hands is to give generously through our faith promises. We'll take up on May the 3rd. We may let you do that earlier than that if you like. But through our hands and giving, we can literally bring healing to the nations. You know that? You don't even have to go. Just need to get your wallet out. Get some money out. And I'm not going to give anybody money this morning, okay? So don't get excited. If I showed you the money you've got, there'd be a stampede running in this direction. It's amazing when you pull your wallet out, suddenly everyone sort of wakes up and starts looking around. Something's happening in this place. There's money in the house. All you've got to do is give a bit. You don't have to go to Pakistan. I'll do that. You don't have to go to Egypt. You can, you, I don't, I'll do that. You don't have to go to Vietnam. I'll do, you don't have to go to, I'll do that. And you can bring healing to the nations. How many of you would like to heal nations? That simple, friends. That simple. I'm believing over this next month, the Spirit of God is going to so touch people in this place, so heal our hands, that we're going to serve more than we've ever served before, and we're going to give more than we've ever given before. It's going to be a work of the Holy Spirit. So get ready for God to touch your life in a profound way. And so the prophetic word is simply this. You know, if you need a miracle, you need a breakthrough, open your hands. Serve God, and the blessings and miracles that will be released over your life will amaze you. Your answer that you're looking for is closer than you realize. Your miracle is in your hands. Amen? Thank you, musicians. Come and join me, please.